Welcome to Streets, Sports, and Success with your host, Simon and Maurice. Let's go. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of Streets, Sports, and Success. Maurice Claret and Simon Arias here. We're going to dig in today the rehabilitation process. Not giving up during the rehabilitation process, either in your personal life or physically. Part of growth in, in going to the next level is injuries. I don't know anybody that's played sports long enough that didn't ever have a sprained ankle, you know, something sprained, torn, broke, twisted, some part of the process where you had to rehabilitate. Mm -hmm. And so, but this goes hand in hand with everything else, whether it's in sports, uh, in your business, we're going to touch on some of those, or in life, in the streets, you make a mistake, you know, you go to jail, go to prison. you go to juvenile, you go to prison, mm -hmm. you know, how are you going to handle the rehabilitation process, either giving up or going up, is going to dictate where you end up 5, 10, 15 years from today. Yeah, well, naturally when you uh, when you said that we were going to talk about this, the thing that I wanted to speak on was just the prison part, right? Yep. And I looked at my uh, my trip to prison just as a person would do, with it, like I'm getting injured or like a person making a mistake that they got to bounce back from. And I don't care if it's in sports, it's in the streets, or, or, or just a process of building success. Uh, the whole thing comes down to back to what we said on the other episode, just having a vision for yourself and what you want to become, right? So you get injured, you either twist the ankle, you blow out a knee, you hurt a hip, you hurt a shoulder, you go to prison, something significant happens to you, right? And so the first process or the first thing is just to like feel shitty, right? I feel shitty that whatever progress that I've had up until this point has been altered or delayed, right? And I think the next set of emotions you go to is like, okay, will I ever be the person that I was prior to getting injured, right? Because you think that when you're starting off with something and something happens, whether you're in the streets or sports in general, you think that that was the best person that you could possibly be based upon, you know, what you were doing. And then I think there's another set where you start to say to yourself, or at least I said to myself, was that, hey, I can be more than what I was, and I may not have the ability to play the sport more, but life isn't over. Mm -hmm. Just as uh, something may happen in business, you may get wiped out doing something, right? And hey, fuck it, you know, that thing didn't work out, but that doesn't mean my life is over. What did I learn from that situation? How can I, how can I, how can I apply that to my new situation or scenario or character? And how can I use that to move forward? And I guess just for my situation, when I got injured, I had to assess and say, okay, how the fuck did I get in a situation? And one of the biggest things for me was that I wasn't educated, right? All of my moves that I have been making um, post-football, when football fell apart for me, got kicked out of the NFL and got kicked out of college, I just wasn't educated. So a lot of my moves were just basically juvenile. Go back to the streets, go hustle selling dope, go rob people, go steal, do all the goofy shit that you're supposed to do, you know, when you're in the streets. And so when I started to sit down and read and, and gain another level of information, and I always pair it to like, you know, um, getting different operating systems for your phone, right? When your phone's ready for an update and you download the new update, the new software, or whatever it is that your iPhone gives to you, your system becomes faster. When you download new apps, you start to read stuff better. And I, I call apps books, you know, saying when you start to read books and put them in your system, you process information better, you're speaking better, you're articulating better. And so during my injured time, I got better, 
right? And I think what happens and what kind of separates people is those who do get better after injury are those people who learn from the injury and do something else that they weren't doing prior to the injury to get them better. And also in life and business, like guys who go to prison, okay, when I came in, I was in one condition and while I'm here or while I'm injured or sitting on the sidelines, let me improve myself and put myself in another situation. And I think that the, the, the success that I'm having now in my life, fundamentally, the foundation that I stand on when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing comes from prison, comes from reading, comes from building habits, and comes from basically getting better and having that mentality that, you know what, I can do a lot more than what I was doing prior to going to prison and being able to survive um, just spiritually through that whole process, I think that a lot of that stuff kind of aids me to what I'm doing today. Sometimes these these injuries, be it in life or, or in sports, they happen to you, but if when you let it play out, if your mind is right, it look it ends up like it happened for you. Absolutely. And so, you know, I have a friend right now that I, that I'm trying to visit uh, on a monthly basis. He's he's been uh, incarcerated for three years, couple years now, and I try to go see him monthly. And a childhood friend of mine, and he told me, you know, he's almost forty years old said for the first time since probably I was 12 years old, I have clarity in my thinking, in my mind. I've been high every day of my life for over 20 some years. years. I can believe it. And this is the first time I've had a chance to have clarity completely all day for long periods period of time, time mm-hmm. and to just read and you know get in the zone and you know, so I, I just keep pushing them books and, you know, walking them through that mm-hmm. that stuff. And, and he already was a smart cat. I, you know, I always would uh, tell him that, you know, you, I would compare you to Jay-Z. I mean, that that's just the type of cat he always was, just a business mind. He's sharp. Very sharp. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what this plays out for him five, ten years from today because he's digging into – I mean, he's eating these books up faster than I can get them to him. You know what I mean? And it just digesting all types of good stuff mm-hmm. that probably never would have happened. I mean, consider the circumstances. Here, read these 15 books. You know what I mean? That ain't going to happen. No. You know what I'm saying? And it, when you're in the, in the middle of, of, of running and gunning in, in, in the environment that you've been in for all these years. And so sometimes what happens in, in, the, in the moment, I think when people get injured, you got to look at it as first thing is, is there anything I could have done to prevent this so I can learn the lesson from this? Even when I get injured still, you know, doing training jujitsu or boxing, you know, I tore my, I look at what could I have done to prevent this in the first place? Is mm-hmm. there, was I not flexible enough? You know, was, did, did I not warm up properly? Something that I want to learn to grow, to, to grow from this situation. So first I look at, you know, I think you need to look at, is there something I could have done to, pre- to prevent this so I can learn from this? But the second part, after it's done, all you can do is control what you can control. So whether you locked up, what can you control? Reading books, keeping your mind positive, getting mm-hmm. into a different space. Sports. You know, when I tore my bicep, I started to box with my left hand for months. And so instead of sitting there doing nothing, I got better with my left than I would have if, I, if this never happened to me. And so there's usually an outlet that you could force yourself towards if physically you're in a messed up situation, you could start turning to mentally. If one part of your body is off, you can control the other part of your body, you know, being Mm -hmm. on. And so I would just encourage, encourage people out there to look at the process of, of injury 
whether it's physically or, or, or mentally and look at, can I, what can you control that's positive? I think where people start to lose their mind is dwelling on what they can't control. You locked up. You ain't getting out until for sure this is the minimum date. You pounding yourself, beating yourself down ain't going to help anything. No. If if your ACL is torn and you're out, you know, for X amount of months, you beating yourself down and dwelling on it isn't going to help anything. And so you have to get to a space where you control what it is that you can control in the process. And I think that sometimes people look at it as, man, I took a step backwards. Now I'm injured, set me back six months just to get back to where I was is going to cost me six months, 12 months, and people start quitting, you know, which is what you were talking about I, I, before. Even when you talk about that, I wonder if people, not even I wonder, even when you're saying that, even when you said that, it, it, it seems to me that people cause their own anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Because because you because you start you start living off assumptions and hypotheticals, and you're assuming that everything would have worked out the way that you wanted to work out prior to you getting injured, or prior to you going to prison, but it didn't. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And I just like even as you were saying, I was like, man, that's a whole hypothetical situation that we create, and it's not even real. You know what I'm saying? Because you probably say if you we we can always say you know I, I can always say think about this. I can always say, man, if I was at Ohio State, I would have won another championship. That's a fucking lie because you didn't play that season and it didn't happen. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? It's all projection. It's all it's all hypothetical. But when I was younger, I would have basically went through those emotional – I did go through those, through those emotional states of assuming what if. What if? What, I, what, if, what if I had lost? When I, I could have just dealt with that reality, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and dealing with reality. And I was also, as you were talking, I was saying, how does a person hit the reset button after an injury – and I went back to a lot of stuff that, you know, we both talk about all the time, mind, body, spirit. And I think that that's the first space. Why don't you dig into that? Well, let, yeah. Let's talk sports specific for this one, then let's get into business. Sports specifics. Sports, sports specific. What? I'm injured. Yeah, so I, I think but I, I think how you how you hit the reset button is that you have to gather yourself. And and mentally, um, I, I think, I think and, I, and I'll just go with the mind part first. I think books are some constructive and – uh, some conscious evolving information helps you to become less um, egotistical, right? Because when you're hurt, your ego's hurt because you can't perform and be this character. Because when you play sports, it's all character. You're trying to be a jersey that's notable. You're trying to be a somebody newspaper on social media thread. But when you begin to dig and just, I keep on uh, talking about just discovering who you are, are discovering your spirit and that you're more than just a a, a fucking entertainer uh, of some sorts. I think that, that helps. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that that's from your mind, working your mind out from your body. I think when you just say, "Hey, you know, let me start from the ground, from the foundational level, and what I have to do to rehab." Fuck it, this would have to do the rehab. But what other ways can I get better? I give you a perfect example. So uh, I, I I separated my tibia and fibula my sophomore year, and I had surgery sophomore going into junior year. And 2000, 2000 2001. Yep. And so what happened was when I had surgery the off season, I didn't usually bench press before that, but my upper body got so fucking strong from sitting out and working other muscles that I wouldn't work before 
that when I came back, that aided me in basically breaking tackles easier with my upper body, keeping people off of me, and just making me a stronger individual when I only used to work my legs. You feel where I'm coming from? And so, like, even if you're injured, that serves you well. Just, you know, go through your rehabilitation process and work on other things that you basically couldn't, couldn't do with mind, body, spirit. And from a spiritual standpoint, I think your spirit is really the most important part of you. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and I think your spirit, when you really get into the spirit – it takes you and makes you less attached to everything. You know, when you start to realize how small your life is, you start to realize how ins insignificant you really are. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's funny. Like, I was watching the, um, excuse me, I was watching the finals. And to just look at it now and just to see, like, LeBron is it in them, it's like it's as if nobody cares. You know, and how you can be Mr. Everything one moment and then Mr. Nothing the next. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that he's nothing. But in the in the in the element or the space of um, life goes on, life goes on. Life you, you, goes on. you talk about Kobe Bryant, you know, people don't look at Kobe Bryant like he was Mr. Magnificent anymore. You know, he, he's not the hot thing anymore. Um, you know, I, and, I, and I hate to talk about this because um, I'm not trying to down him. But I showed somebody an article uh, and say, yo, did you see this? I didn't even notice what's going on. Uh, Kellen Winslow. He got a rape charge, and the guy said, who is Kellen Winslow? But for me, Kellen Winslow was a great tight end who played for Miami Hurricanes. during our time. But, you know, when you get into your spirit and you start to realize that life isn't just about you or your ego or what you do or um, just these things that fulfill yourself and, and you're this grandiosious type of person, it's a lot easier to deal with injury because everything does, doesn't become that serious. And a lot of times what's hurting is your ego – um, when it's not really the injury. Like, all right, fuck, like, just think about this. All right, motherfucker, you didn't play football at Ohio State. Like, woohoo. Like, big deal. You know, yep. you, you, you played one year. So big, you gotta, your life got to be bigger than what you're currently doing. doing. Yeah, what, what you're doing isn't completely who you are. So no. that's the first step yes. to sports rehabilitation is, is not getting yourself to a point where what you're doing you feel is completely 100% who you are. Because this mm -hmm. way, if you take that away from a person, Still they cool. don't have anything. But if, 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 if that's not who you are, yes. it's just what you do, part of who you are, then you still got a whole different part of who you are and, and what life is so you're not completely down. That, that's a good step. The, the other part is in your mind, I think you need to understand that maybe this happened to help you. Maybe there's something that you're supposed to learn. Maybe you're going to watch more film. Maybe you're going to get more flexible. You know, like in my yeah. process, I got more flexible. I, there's things that I can do now with my, my flexibility, flexibility. Mm -hmm. that you know i was tempted to break it down right now the, there there's things that i could do with my flexibility now that six months ago i i, I don't know if i ever would have thought i would have been able to do because i've had the time to just work on my flexibility more than i ever had because i was given those things to jujitsu and, and boxing and so i've just been stretching more. i do want to say this for those even listening remotely uh, i think going to yoga last year and being more flexible helped my mental health. I I, I, I totally I had do. this conversation so, with, with my girl, Stephanie, who's in uh, no, so I, I don't want to interrupt you right thing, now. Yeah. But that was it. I mean, I think we stay in this space right now because, you know, I, I had uh, here's how I got into yoga. And so this is part of rehabilitation, your mind, rehabilitation, your body, whatever. I just wanted to add that on to what you were saying. Well, this is it. You know, I was talking to, to you know, I had the recruiting company, Knockout Recruiting, uh, I was talking to Stephanie doing a, a development. I try to, you know, work with people, you know, every week that are that are top levels of, in the businesses. And so I was telling her, I mean, I'm pounding it because I think the first time you throw it out there, like, yeah, do some yoga. People don't get it. <clears throat> so 
how I started getting into yoga was I hit a real stressful point of uh, business. And so in a real stressful point of business, I started to have, uh, I think what people would call anxiety. I never even understood what, what that even really meant. And so I had a hard time breathing. I couldn't take deep breaths. And I was, I was, I was feeling like somebody like perm was sitting on my chest, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, it was hard to breathe. And so Marcus, you know, uh, who we both know, you know, Marcus said, you know, you should try yoga. You know, Marcus is, is, uh, you know, real rough with his delivery, you know, uh, not good with, uh, sugar coating things. <laughs> you know, he's all boy, you know what I mean? All man, all man. you know? So for him to say yoga, I'm thinking, all right, well, maybe I need to look in, into the yoga. So you like, promise me you're going to try this. I said, all right, I'm going to do it. So I started to do yoga, uh, once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. This was years ago. And within two months, because where it was a real wake up call for me was, and I, I'm just going to be a hundred percent flat out honest here. Uh, this would have, this would have a couple years ago, I had a, a yearly awards ceremony that I do and I was having the breathing issue and I had to grab the mic that day. So I had to get in front of all these people and you know, all of a sudden, never before in my life was I having these issues. All of a sudden I had to, to borrow, uh, from someone, uh, who was taking these pills for anxiety. I, I forget what they even, what the pill was, uh, cause I took one in my life. So I took one and, um, because I, I couldn't breathe and I had to calm down and, after that day, and this ain't knocking somebody that has to do this or that does this, but after that day, I'm like, nah, like this ain't you, bro. Like you sign, you, you Simon Arias, dog. Like you didn't build your, you didn't, you ain't built on this. You, you, I'm going to, I'm going to exhaust everything that I have before I go ahead and throw the towel in and say, I just going to have to take some medication. And I know there's people out there that have to take medication for different reasons. I'm not knocking that. If that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. But for me, walking through my experience, that was the motivating factor for me to where I'm like, all right, I ain't, I'm going to exhaust all, all options first before I say this is what I got to do. So I start going to yoga. And within two months, breathing is perfect. No medication. I'm dealing with stress better. I'm feeling more relaxed, more calm. All the way to this day, you know, I was talking to the, the, the young woman today about this. I almost feel that it's part of, it is part of the routine that I give to young people, anybody, but it feels like the young people are more open to the mentoring and coaching than somebody that may be 40 years old. And so I'm, I'm, the people that I'm coaching and mentoring, I'm telling them now, you know, like the, I go back to the young kid I was working with. I'm, I'm, I'm telling them, I want you to get the yoga done now because these dreams you have on paper, bro, these dreams require you to solve a lot of problems because if you're going to make this amount of money or you're going to help this amount of people, that's going to be a lot of problems. Well, then it becomes, well, how are you going to handle those problems? What's your outlet to handling these problems? It's only one a couple ways it can go. You're either going to handle those problems with an outlet that's not healthy for you, 100%. or you're going to handle them with an outlet that's healthy for you, but it has to come out somewhere. It has no, to. No, it's going to. It has, it's going to. It's going to. It's going not, to. It has, so it's you better to. start the yoga now. And, and, and I'm telling you, man, for, for uh, you know, as you call them, for the listener, you know, for, for the listener out there, if you've been debating, um, get in there and get in there and get it done. Get, get in there and get that yoga done. And watch what it does for for your life. I watch my, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, with these cars, you got the electric car, 
you know, I have the car that'll, uh, that the Range Rover will just automatically like stop running sometimes yeah. at, a, at a light, you know, to, to serve, you know, whatever. And, uh, I catch my body turning, like turning down when I have stress happening. So whenever I have a very stressful environment around me, I started to watch myself be able to calm and breathe and take deep breaths. You know, it's like my body automatically starts to do this since I started to, to do yoga. And it's crazy. I was talking to Mike Adams, uh, mm -hmm. you know, this past couple of weeks ago when we were with, with Big uh, Mike. Yeah. With, with Big Mike. Oh, what is he? Six, eight? Yeah, big. Lost 100 pounds. Yeah, he, he's easy. You know, all leaned out, standing on his head doing yoga. Shit. You know? Yeah. I, so, so I tell you, and I, I just wanted to add this, and this is what... Um, even going through the practice of yoga and what one lady said to me one day, the instructor uh, really kind of like helped me even more than I thought that I could be helped. And so I thought that the initial part of yoga, and I, and I really want to stay on this because I really believe in it. The initial part of yoga, I thought it was just basically for flexibility. I went in the door for flexibility. Same. And I went for an additional exercise. And so it was like three people in the class and she was talking uh, after the class had been over and she said yoga has little to do with flexibility and more to do with finding comfort and discomfort and figuring out how you can take that practice of breathing over into your life That's it. and so she That's said it. That's no, it. no matter where you at in the pose get to the place where it's a slightly uncomfortable find breathe. comfort there breathe, breathe breathe and deal with that then go to the next and she's talking about the patience and the diligence and she said, you're slightly getting better each day. And so when you take that same concept to business where you're not rushing, you're not expecting to be, you know, a five-star poser, you know, I don't know what the, the most elite level is in, in yoga. Yeah, I'm not there. You know, whatever, whatever, whatever it, is. it is. Yeah, you know, whatever that is, it's just Sometimes great. Sometimes I look around and I'm like, cats are standing up on their head. But just, th but just think like that. That, that. That's So what you're saying to that is the same way that a person does in business. They come in as a beginner, and there's, I guarantee if you talk to those people from yoga and they put it in a business mind or the business sense, you say, how many people stay? They'll say, man, people have come. People have broke down. People start. We're the only ones consistent. We're, we're the only ones consistent, but look where we're at in the process. It's the same mentality. You feel where I'm coming from? But that same thing of running is character, bro. I, I, like, I believe like everything in the universe Everything is connected, and it takes for you to get out of your ego and to look at yourself while you're participating in things to see, to trace it back to your childhood when you gave up in school, to trace it back to when you was on the football team and you gave up, to trace it back to when, you know, your anxiety behind approaching women or your rejection that you got. All these things that you're dealing with as an adult, all that stuff starts in childhood, but the courage to keep on, like, facing them in multiple ways and get past that is what hinders people, you know what I'm saying? And I think just as an adult, we don't have the same universal experiences, so we don't categorize them that way. But when we're kids, we have the same. I think people's ego stops them from the process of rehabilitating, you know, from, from as we roll in, let's roll into a business conversation gotcha. as, as an example. I think when you look at, let's say somebody was in business and, and maybe things didn't turn out the way they wanted them to, so the business collapsed and they have to start over or uh, some employees quit around mm -hmm. them. And so they feel like I I'm, I'm building again. I mean, I'm in a rebuilding 
phase. You know, I was up at one one point. I went down a little bit, and now I'm back up again. Which, by the way, uh, you'll see this picture a lot on social media. You know, you'll see the picture where you know it says what most people think success is, and it's you know it says yeah. at the bottom, and you know then they use a straight line to the top. And then, it, and then the other picture is what success really is. And it shows this looks like, like a heartbeat, yes. you know, just up and down. And so part of that growth over time is going to be we're up and then something happens. We got to fix it. We go up, something happens. We got to fix it. Went down, up, you know, you got to fix it. And so what happens is in those transitions, more and more of your peers fall off. And so we're up, we're down. All right, 10 of them fell off. We're up, we're down. All right, another 10 of them fell off. We're up, we're down. 50 of them fell off. We're up. Mm -hmm. It's easy to handle the ups. Not easy because that's when a lot of people fall off. That's how you end up going down is because the ups, success is a bad teacher. So people start wilding out in the ups, which causes a a lot of the downs. Success is a bad teacher. And and, and so in 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 the downs, you have to understand that it's part of the process in business to rehabilitate. And I think the ego is what you're talking about causes people sometimes to not go back up because in order to grow in the example of yoga, I have to walk in the door and look at there's, there's, there's a dude I'm thinking he'll be there. I'll be there tomorrow, six o'clock. Um, yeah, I was thinking, well, I'll take a picture, but I don't want to freak everybody out. <laughs> you know, dude's like 55 years old. Okay. I'm 20 years older than me and you know, body fat ain't under 10%. That's for sure. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, he's not the, the leanest cat. But Flexible. the things that he can do in, in core strength is better than what I can do, you know, and, and I still like to consider myself a, an above average athlete. What that does for me is it encourages me versus discourage me. It encourages me that I think if he can do it, if I keep coming, I can I, only I imagine what the hell I'm going to do. I mean, <laughs> I might be Sp- Spider-Man in this sucker. <laughs> I got to get here. But that's where I want to be. And, and, And so I think what happens from the ego standpoint is that people see others in business and say, man, I could have been there, but I don't, I can't walk into that yoga room. I can't walk into that office. I can't Mm -hmm. walk into that place of business. I can't walk into work for Maurice Claret because when we was coming up, I was the one that was here and he was here on whatever platform. And now he the one I got to ask for a job. He's the one that, that's running 100 employees. He's the yeah. one. And so my ego, my talent level may allow me to end up partnering with you or or growing with you, but my ego won't allow me to even walk in the door because of where I need to start in the process of rehabilitation to where I need to go. And so people get so discouraged because of that ego that they don't get a chance to, to, to really rehabilitate in business. And so they stay where they're at. Yeah, man, you hit on something that really um, hit a nerve. And I, I, I wish people who were even working for for me, or there, there's people I know, uh, there's, 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 I, I've experienced that, you know. And um, and what I'm referring to, you know, for the listeners is people say, I, I can see it in their face where they say, man, how am I working for you? You feel where I'm coming from? Or how am I asking you for employment? And I always say to myself, like, they don't have a great understanding of who I am today and their understanding of me is caught up into what the media or the news have projected about me. You feel I'm coming from? Um, Because I would like to believe more than just your average Joe between reading, between having uh, high level experiences around very successful people. 
outside of building things from ground up and learning, I think I got a lot to uh, share and I'm an open book on a lot of levels. You feel where I'm coming from? Yeah. And I think a lot of it is an ego. And I, I think the ego comes, and I always say don't count another man's money, but don't think that another man's success should be your success because everybody got their own path. Why don't you dig into that a little bit? Because I, I think that's huge. Um, huge. Just, just not counting another man's money. Or, yeah, I don't yeah. think people understand what Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, cause sometimes I talk and not realize that people may not understand so everybody, we're not in competition with each other or nobody was brought onto this earth to compete with each other from a financial standpoint. Um, a capitalistic society was created in America because we're, it's, a, it's a free market. You know what I mean? That's the, the system we've, we've become in, right? And based upon you acquiring a set of skills, a product or a service or goods to deliver to people and understanding a business around that, you'll succeed with those with those skills that you basically acquire. And uh, I'm not sure, I started to talk about two or three different things at one time and I was gonna go somewhere and I don't wanna get too deep. To make it light, make it easy, make it light. What another person has or how they're unfolding their path should be of no great concern to you. I sat down with Warren Buffett, this was in 2011. And he said, people are the greatest distraction to one another. And he said, the reason being is that he said, if uh, you were focused on your business, all of your time should be spent developing your business. And if you cross paths to somebody because you are naturally doing business with them, then you should naturally cross paths with them. The small minded, little minded people are the people who get caught up into he has X, he's making A, he's making B. Let me count his money. I feel he shouldn't have this or I feel he shouldn't have that. That's very egotistical, very self-centered, and very uh, sort of like a God-like complex over another man's resources and what you feel that they should have. You feel where I'm coming from? Yep. And I feel in my personal situation that I see a lot of people, they get caught up into what, what another person is having or what another person is getting or what another person has, and it bothers them or it distracts them from them actually developing their lives. If somebody has more than me, and we're in the same space of entrepreneurship or business, the right thing to do, humility comes before understanding. The right thing to do is say, hey, Simon, you know, I may not be within the industry you're in, but some of the things that you have done, I can learn from. If I just sit around, I look, I see how you operate. I may not take everything, but I can take something and apply it to my life. You feel where I'm coming from? Mm -hmm. And then I can accelerate. If I was in your industry, there's a lot of stuff that I can just pattern directly after you to get to where you're at. You feel where I'm coming from? Yep. And so going back to spirituality, going back to humility, going back to core principles and understanding who you are, being able to do that forces you to understand who you are. No doubt. Once you understand who you are, I can then take instruction because I know I'm on a path to develop myself. But then I also, you have to take also into consideration not putting benchmarks on yourself. I think one of the biggest things that society has done the injustice to is to tell people where they should be at 25 and 30 and 35 and 40. Well, this this, this reminds me, you, you ever read the book Good to Great, Jim Collins? I, I read, uh, no matter of fact, I listened to it. All right, so there's a part in there that's called the Stockdale Paradox. Okay. And, and, and so for the listener, uh, if, if you would just Google that and look into it, it it'll be helpful at some point in your life. And Stockdale. So, Stockdale Paradox. And so okay. here's what the Stockdale Paradox basically is. And so there was a man that was a prisoner of war. 
And so he was, and don't quote me on the years. Let's say he was, he was a prisoner of war for 10 years. Okay. And I, I give or take a couple years. So he wasn't the only one. Let's say there was 25, 30 of them out of all of them. He was the only one that survived. And so a lot of these people would, uh, commit suicide, die of a broken heart, uh, starting from internally eating themselves because of this, what they would call the Stockdale paradox. And so what they would do is they, they would hear rumors that they were supposed to be out by Easter. And so I say me and Mo, Hey Mo, we getting out by Easter, bro. We getting out by Easter and Easter comes and Easter goes and we ain't out. Oh, no. So I say Mo, you know, I heard we get, we're getting out of here by Christmas, man. It's going to be good. You get to see Ashley. I can't wait to see uh, Natalie. I, we're going to be able to see Sienna. I can't wait to see our kids. And uh, man, we're, 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 I'm excited to see Jaden. She's going to be holding a sign for us. We'll be out by Christmas. And Christmas comes and Christmas goes and, and we ain't out of here. And so he, he said what, what he noticed, the one thing that stuck out is that all these people that were, that, that were he, I think he called them the optimists, the, the people that kept on saying, here's when we're going to be out. This is the date we got to be out by. This is where, and it goes hand in hand with what you're saying. If I'm not at this point by 30, I'm a failure. I'm supposed to be at this point by 35. I'm 40 years old. I'm supposed to be further along than, than I am. And so you start to kill yourself internally yes. and, and so yes. i tell people dead man walking you know a lot of times i see there's a lot of people that are dead man walking meaning that they stop pursuing their dreams they stop growing you know when i hear a warren buffett that you bring up you know i'm pretty sure i picture him as being somebody that this week is probably digging into reading you know in his every 80s day. digging every in day. six hours a day I, I heard he reads and digs into things every day so that's a growing person that, that's a person that's growing you know constantly in some way every shape or day. form right yes and, and, and so instead of saying you know i'm supposed to be at this level i'm supposed to be at this point don't worry about where you are supposed to be at that point Worry about what you can do to control where you're going to be five years from today. Mm -hmm. And and don't sweat, I'm supposed to be here by 40, because that's how you kill yourself. So, so he was the one that survived. And he said, the way that I survived is I always told myself, I know I'm going to get out of here. That's for sure. And when I do, I think that something positive is going to come from it. But I'm not going to focus on I'm going to be out in six months or three months or 12 months. I'm just going to control what I can control right now and hope for the best. And I know I'm going to get out of here. And uh, that's how he said he survived. Listen to me back to control. You can control. And I'm not about to live in these hypothetical mindsets. I'm going to deal with my reality. I'm going to show up every day and I'm going to deal with what's in front of me. And literally, that's all it is. I, I was thinking to this, like even to get out of that anxiety into where I should be. Is really selfish, bro. When I start saying to myself, this is real shit, I'm building my life to pass to Jaden. I'm building my life to pass to somebody else. When you start thinking like that, it becomes less about yourself and the moves that you are making are more, I'm putting the foundation down. It's long term, bro. You know what I'm saying? Back, back to when we talked on the last episode about living well below your means. So I'm not about to squander. So much of a hindrance of people. Like I even look at staff people in my business that have flourished over the years i told a young man in my youth program i think he asked me what i should do we're all there talking i said you should find uh somebody in that field that's a beast and just go work for him for free for a year two years. nobody would tell him that what do you mean work for free work for free because if you could think 10 years from today five years from today the relationship 
in the knowledge and the wisdom you would gain from being next to Puff Daddy or or whoever it is that you if you have to be pay for it. if you you can't pay enough money wow. you, to, to, to learn that type of stuff wow. for free. But it takes a long term mindset, because if you're thinking about what do I get this year, somebody one of your peers that's working for 50,000 is going to make more money than you if you're working for free. The next year they're going to work for 50,000. You're going to work for free for two years. But in that fourth and fifth year, if you do the right things where you're at and where that person's at, it's probably going to be a lot higher, but it took you in the beginning looking at it as a process and, and where you're going to be five years from today, that long-term mindset. Long, long-term mindset, it, it keeps you from doing impulsive shit. It makes you park your money, right? So back to what we were talking about on, on another episode, it makes you park your money and let me buy some assets that kick off me a dividend every month or kick off me some money. And that money may not be kicking me off a, a great return, but it's a solid one that I can stay over a period of time. Over a period of time, my assets will be paid off. Over a period of time, my, my time then will be free because I have these assets to help me to live the life I want to live. Over time. Over time. This is all long-term because we're not about to die next week. Mm-hmm. This is this is just having long-term mentalities, right? Then now my kid comes along with the business. My kid is not starting with the same set of circumstances. Now I have assets now I can finance my kids' businesses. Now I can build and the generations who've come after me started a totally different place and now we're not in the same situation, but if you're a selfish motherfucker and it's all about you, you're going to squander all your resources on yourself. You know what I'm saying? It, yep. it's, just, it's a complete different mentality. It's a complete different way of how you live. And so I, I keep saying to myself, I know some of the things that drove me crazy. Some of the things that drove me crazy was getting out of poverty, right? So if I knew if it drove me crazy, getting out of Youngstown, getting out of poverty, going through all that shit, why would I put my daughter in that same situation? Right, I have another kid on the way. Why would I this put is, this? Is what I mean by when you start digging in. I'm doing this for Jaden. I'm doing this for for somebody Absolutely. else. Absolutely. It 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 drives me crazy when I see people that have the opportunity to do so much more for their family mm-hmm. and and others, and they stop because they're good. You understand what I'm saying? I get exactly so like, okay, that, you know, you can pay your bills. And, and kick it in cruise control right now and live the rest of your life and pay your bills and be, be decent cool. and handle whatever and be yeah. good. But maybe your grandkids won't be able to have what you want to lay the foundation for them to have. Maybe your kids won't be able to have that head start. And it's bullshit to say that Jaden won't have a bigger head start than you had mm-hmm. in life going to, those type of schools and yeah. you know what I mean? And, and the knowledge and you know, she was, I remember her selling us bracelets and, and the ribbons yeah. inside the red zone yeah. and already teaching her change and entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. We have to really think about, you know, we got off the, the, the path of rehabilitating yourself, but this but really is, is rehabilitating a generational, you yes. know, spiritually people call it a generational curse. You know, uh, people will, will, will talk about, you know, in poverty situation, it's just the circle of what continues to happen. To rehabilitate that process and to come back from that, you have to take a long-term approach. Yes. And this is what one of the things that encourages me to wake up, you know, on a daily basis and keep on grinding is not about what I can do. It's about what I can do for my children, mm-hmm. what I can do for my grandchildren, what I can do for other people's children, what I can do for God's children. 
Absolutely. And, and it keeps you really ambitious when, when you, when you're, you know, people think that when you're grinding and pushing that, that, you know, at times you could be selfish, you know, because we, well, why don't you work less hours and just sit at home? You know, why don't you, you know, work, you know, whatever. And there's something to be said by that. You, you, you can't neglect every thing. You got to be at the games. You got to be mm-hmm. at the, the, the graduation. You need to be in their life hundred percent. But you Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it doesn't bother me no more though. I, I so you know what I'm talking about. No, I understand exactly what you're talking about. So, I used to feel like that on the beginning, but God didn't put that on my life to be a lazy asshole. God put certain things on everybody's life, right? So, I don't wake up and force myself to have this energy. Some people are just responsible for more people. That's why you're awarded the gifts you're awarded if you in alignment with what you're doing. You feel where I'm coming from, and so. Whose theory is it that I have to be at everything and be at home at five o'clock every single day? That's some shit that we've allowed society to put on us, right? Mm-hmm. But I can spend quality time in many different ways. If I'm coming from, there's other things that I can do to alleviate stress from your life that you may never see. And if this is my small sacrifice, I don't plan on dying next week. You feel I'm coming from, but I'm physically present at certain things and I'm not physically present at certain things. But what I'm doing is making a better life for you. I'm sacrificing what somebody didn't sacrifice for me. We talk about sacrifice all the time. This is what I have to give up, right? And so do we get a chance to do some above average cool things on a, on a, on, a, on an occasional basis? Yes, but there's nothing wrong with that. And I, and I challenge people to define, like, don't, don't take for a moment or a minute just because you work more than just your allotted 40 hours or more than your peers that you're neglecting your family. The family should have a conversation and say, hey, I'm not out here squandering away. I, I, I didn't come to Pittsburgh to hang out and kick my feet up and, and the bullshit. You feel I'm coming from? That's right. I'm, I'm coming to work. And from that work, these results are produced. You know what I'm saying? Now, there's a problem if you're not producing results in your family's life. Then they can say, yo, my man, you you bullshit. You're wasting time. But if you're out here producing results, you're taking care of people, you're you're making life better with, with your resources and they're not, they're not all about you or even not even money just the opportunity there, there's so much work that i put in and so many people i meet that i've opened doors for people that i don't get a, i don't get nothing for that i say hey man i've been able to work and earn credibility amongst these people and my word is good amongst these people i can get you an opportunity simon that you probably couldn't get if you walked through the door at yourself you know what i'm saying Absolutely. so never discount if, you, if you're a hard worker if you want to work your ass off you know, oftentimes you're not going to be able to have um, some of the some of the luxuries that your peers have who do work structured schedules who end up getting paid from entrepreneurs. You feel I'm coming from? You're going your, your life is going to look a lot like people who sacrifice a lot and it's going to look abnormal to the regular person. But there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Different doesn't mean truth. One is bit better than the other. Truth. It just means is you're going through that. I'm going through this. And we, we have different sets of issues. And so I, I just want to stand my ground on that because I would feel so shitty because I would be living my life based upon how another person thought, like, you know, if, if you're not, you know, in, involved in A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, man, my daughter know I love her. My girl know I love her. We got results in our life. We got assets in our name. You got things producing revenue. If I die today my family can stay in the same situation that they're in and that was only done from what I'm doing right now you feel I'm coming from and yeah. that, that was only done from sacrificing so somebody got to pay that price it somebody, ain't free bro it's you not know they, free. they they say to you know to close out you know two things on oh, on, on that topic is um you know I think it was Wale 
that said they're gonna love me for my ambition. ambition. Easy to dream a dream, but it's harder, harder to, to live it. it. Yes, you mean. You know, and so I want people to love you and me for our ambition. That's like, like one of the top it's, five songs. It's it's easy to dream a dream. There's a lot of dreamers, but it's harder to live it and, and walk it out. And so I want to encourage you guys out there, keep dreaming and but live it. And, uh, and walk it out. And if you're in a process where you got to rehabilitate yourself uh, off of a drug or, or uh, you, you hit rock bottom in business and you're trying to go up or, or relationship or whatever's going on, put one foot in front of the other. Just handle what you can control today and tomorrow that's going to put your situation better than where it was five days ago. And so, you know, if, if, if you lose 20 yards on first down and it's, it's second and 30, you can't just just worry about pouting about you lost 20 yards. It's just it's second and 30 and we got to get positive yards. You know, maybe we get half of it. You know, maybe maybe second down we get 15. And so it's third, third and 15, you know, and, and third down we got to get 10. And, and now we fourth and five, you know, and now we get that first down. And, and you dug out of a hole one play at a time, one yard at a time. So just put one foot in front of the other. Control what you can control, and uh, we'll see you at the top. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Street Sports and Success. Let's get it.